Hey, strong mom. Welcome back to another episode of the Mama's New Strong podcast. And today I'm going to be sharing with you how to get started in the gym, but just not any way of getting started in the gym. I'm going to share what I would do personally if I was to go back and start all over. And to be honest, there's a lot of things that I would have changed. It was a long, it's been a long journey of trial and error. And I, looking back now, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that I would have done differently, but I wouldn't trade that for the world now, that experience that I got, because I feel like because I went through that trial and error, it makes me that much more of a better coach that I can relate to women more because, you know, I've been there and I've done that and I've made a lot of freaking mistakes. So I really don't want you to have to go through that same trial and error that I went through because Looking back, knowing what I know now, I could have gotten results a lot faster. I could have saved myself a lot of headache, a lot of misery, a lot of lack of progress, you know, and just would have gotten results way faster. And not just results as in what I see in the mirror, but also how I live a fit and healthy lifestyle. I've had no idea what that really meant. And I went about it in such a wrong way. So really, before I get started on that, I want to set the stage by sharing with you a kind of embarrassing story of how I got my first gym membership back in 2010. And even then, to also set the playing field that I am nobody special. I'm probably just like you are, you probably relate to where I started in yourself because I didn't ever grow up athletic. Like I, (laughs) I tried to do sports and I tried track in eighth grade. I did the two mile run and I got humiliating dead last. I'm talking about like laps behind the last person or the person in front of me dead last. And that happened a couple of times before I just said, okay, I can't do this. And I quit. (laughs) I also tried out for basketball I couldn't dribble a ball. I was not coordinated. I gave that up after two weeks. Um, and then in my freshman year, I um, I tried out for cheerleading and didn't make that either. And so at that point in time, on my ride home from tryouts and knowing I didn't make it, I'm there sitting crying in the car and I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's it. Like, I'm just not athletic. And at that point in time, that's what I labeled myself as. I'm like, I'm just not athletic. I'm going to focus on academics. That's something I can do and something I'm good at. So all throughout high school, that's who I was. I was honor student. I was business professionals America, UIL. I did all the things opposite of athletics and that's how I labeled myself for so 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 long and that's also going to play in and that's going to make more sense when I share with you my story about how I got my first gym membership so that was back in 2010 when I got that membership I had just graduated from college with a teaching degree was going through a divorce with my first husband got my first apartment and started my first year of teaching fourth grade now looking back I had a lot of things going on in my life it makes perfect sense why I was depressed and a hot mess but honestly depression was something I had already been struggling with since I was 13 but I really feel like it was just just I couldn't I just felt like I couldn't get my life together um and to be honest the story I'm gonna share with you about how I got my membership first gym membership 
was something I just remembered like two weeks ago. I have a horrible memory for the record. And I feel like a lot of that time in my life was so stressful. I was just in such an emotional and mental stressful state that there's a lot of my memories are fogged up. So it was actually two weeks ago, I was at my parents' house and my mom, I don't know how we got on this topic. And it was my mom that reminded me about how this all happened. So she said... And it's like my my memory is kind of foggy and it's coming back a little bit, but I don't remember. So I'm gonna just tell you what she said. She at the time when I was when I was living in that apartment, 2010, my sister was living with me as well. She was going to college, and she, my mom said, my sister called her and said I was having a complete mental breakdown. I was crying. I was like I couldn't. Um, I was just having a mental breakdown, basically. And so my mom was an hour away. So she said she drove and she picked me up and we went for a, a drive. And she's like, you got to do something like you got to do something. You need an outlet. You need something to um, get you through all this. Right. And there was a gym that just opened up. It's a snap fitness. It's one of those like 24 hour gyms, nothing fancy. And it had just been just had opened up in this town that I'm living in. And she's like, you need to join a gym. <laughs> and she she told me that I had said at the time, which looking back now at who I was back then, I could totally see myself saying that. And she and she said, I just did not like the idea. I was like, no, like that. I'm not, a, I don't want to hang out where jocks hang out. I don't want to hang, that's not my kind of people. I'm not going to fit in. I'm, it's going to be awkward for me. Like I don't want to do it. And she said, I had so much resistance to joining a gym. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm here sitting here laughing because the gym is my happy place now. But you know, hindsight, like, I mean, looking back then, like I didn't, you know, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. I bet you could look 10, 10 years in your past and be like, I am not, I never would have thought I was where I would be right now, right? Same, this is this is how I feel right now telling this story. So she said, we go into the gym. I mean, we go into Stat Fitness and she helps me sign up for my first gym membership. So my mom made me get my first gym membership. If that does not show you how much resistance I had to fitness, <laughs> I don't know what would. And I hope that little story inspires you and shows you that you can change. Like if you're not, I truly feel like if you're not happy with who you are today, if you're depressed, with if you're having anxiety, you're feeling just not happy with where you are in life, it's because you're not in aligned with who you were meant to be. You're not in aligned with what you're supposed to be doing. That's what creates anxiety. That's what creates depression is when we're just not in line. And, you know, looking at back that's why I was depressed for so many years is because I was I had no idea who I was and the identity of who I thought I was was not serving me it was not aligned with who I really was meant to be now I'm in aligned right and it's funny how I had to completely shift my identity guys like if you like that's why I told you about how I was growing up right not athletic I had labeled myself as not being athletic at all, not capable of it. I despised jocks in high school. I did not like all that, right? That wasn't me. I was this punk rocker skater chick. Like that wasn't me in high school, right? And and I never owned a pair of Nikes until I joined the gym. I remember, I do remember, 
<laughs> when I got that membership, I did not have a pair of tennis shoes. I There was a Hibbit Sports that was in that same shopping complex where that gym, Snap Fitness, was. And I do remember going in there and buying my first pair of Nikes. And that was me at 21 years old, right out of college, right? So we can shift who we are. It's not easy. Um, this transition has taken many years Hence, I said, it's been 2010. That happened in 2010. And I really, truly feel like it wasn't until the past three years that I really figured out the whole fitness thing when I really um, made this a, a lifestyle. And I feel like I'm really progressing in the right way now. And that was just three years versus what, 2010? That was nine years ago. <laughs> so that I had a, like six years of trial and error. And it in those six years, I, I really did. I dabbled with a lot of different things when it came to fitness. I wasn't that consistent. I did not, um, yeah, there's a lot of things I definitely would have changed. And when I did start going to that gym for the first time, that Snap Fitness, I re I do remember this. I remember for months, I would just go and I would just, I would get on the treadmill and I would jog and I would do that until I reached 500 calories. Like, um, I, and, and that's another thing I would use like the, I didn't even have a fitness watch at the time. This was before Fitbits. And I would just look at the the treadmill, you know, like it tells you the calories and knowing that like that's those things are so off. <laughs> They're so off. And I would just go by that and I wouldn't allow myself to leave unless I reached 500 calories or I did, I think it was like 45 minutes of jogging and that's all I would do. And I remember looking at the guys in the fitness area at that point in time, there really you didn't really see too many women lifting weights. I'm from small towns. I'm from Texas. Like I feel like we're kind of behind on certain things sometimes. Like if you're up north, maybe back in 2010, there was women, more women in the gym. Now, 2019, I do. I see that trend. I see that there's more women in the lifting area. And I love seeing that because if you know me, strength training is my jam. That is my, that's my baby. I love that. That's what brings me so much joy. And that's what I share with other women on how to do because it is it's so freaking empowering and it changes your life in so many more ways than what you think it would do, right? We're just like, we, okay, we want to look toned. We want to look fit. But really, that's just the icing on the cake of what it's going to do for your life. So that's my little background. So let's go ahead and get started. And now that you know that I had a lot of trial and error, <laughs> you know that I um, I had to learn a lot. Of, I, I've had a lot of lessons of hard knock along the way. So if I was to go back and do this differently, this is really how I would do it. I would have first really started on shifting and changing my mindset first. My big reason why. You know, when I first started going to the gym, I was more focused on using this basically as a form of self-punishment. And I would have changed that first. I would have changed my approach. I would have come from it as a place of self-love that I was doing this because I wanted to better myself, not because I wanted to punish myself into my dream body, but more 
to love myself and to create a body that I was proud of. And I talk more about this in episode 14 of the podcast um, in the episode, Are You Restricting and Punishing Yourself into Your Dream Body? Really what I mean about this because now going through that experience because really I self-loathed myself. I didn't love myself at all. I hated myself. And that's really why I started exercising exercising, you know, the best intention, you know, with my mom, she was trying to do it to get me out of myself to really start to do something for me. And with my habit, and with my, you know, depression, I turned that into another way to punish myself as somebody that, you know, I I struggle with self harm, with cutting myself, I struggled with um, eating disorders for years. So this was just another way that I was able to punish myself and control myself. And that is definitely the first thing I would have changed. But, you know, going back now and having compassion for myself, I was not in a position to take it on as a form of self-love. So I really want you to always think about that. Where, How are you approaching this? Yes, it can look completely the same. You can have two women in the gym hitting it hard, doing all the right things, doing the perfect workout. You know, I can give that all to you and that looks the same, but really the intention behind it can make all the difference. You know, you can have those two women doing the same workout plan, but one is doing it because she hates herself and she's trying to punish herself into her dream body. That's not even realistic, right? A perfect body. Or you can have another woman that's doing that out of self-love, out of, you know, out of, trying to better herself to see what her body is capable of and really honoring that process and enjoying that process. Like I said, it can look completely the same on the outside, but it's up to you to know the difference and know where are you really coming from. And that is foremost, before I get into all the details, and yes, I'm going to share with you more technical details of like what to do and how to work out in the gym, but I feel like this is what I need to start with. I really need that foundational piece for you to really think about your mindset going forth into that because if I was to have continued continued with that whole self-punishment mindset, I would not be happy. I would still, you know, I really don't think that this would be a fit and healthy lifestyle. It definitely wouldn't be healthy because mental health, it definitely plays a part in that as well for me as a fit lifestyle. But I don't really think I would have been able to sustain it for so long because my intentions were not in the right place. So I'm very happy, even though that's probably taken me about five years into the journey for me to make that transition that that happened. All right, so now that we got that out of the way, the next thing I would have done is I would have hired a personal trainer. And boom, there we go. That's the whole show, right? You got those two things, you're good to go. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We're going to talk more about this because I know not everybody has access to a personal trainer. And not only that, but not all personal trainers are created equal. I've talked to some ladies before that I've worked with that have had personal trainers in the past. And I'm not, I don't ever dog anybody, but I'm like listening to how they're, what kind of things their personal trainer made them do before. And to me, if a personal trainer is making you do some type of cardio machine on their time, like that's not good personal training at all. Like what are you teaching somebody, right? So we're really now, let's go ahead and let's talk about those technical details of like what to do when you walk in a gym because for one it is freaking it's overwhelming and it is intimidating 
to say the least, especially depending on what gym you go to. I know my gym, I love my gym. It's a family-oriented gym. I live in a small town. The first beginning half of the day, it's great. There's not that many people in there. A lot of the times, the majority of the people in there are women. But towards the evening, I live in an oil field town, so towards the evening, all the men are getting off work, and there's a ton of men in there. And not only that, there are some pretty big dudes, and there's some dudes that compete that go to that gym, and as a woman, um, I can see how that can be intimidating, especially if you are somebody that hasn't gotten that confidence confidence up in the gym. You know, now I can go, I can go in there no problem. You know, be in the middle of them, and it doesn't bother me any. But I've been, I'm confident in the gym. I know what I'm doing, and I've been doing this for a lot of years. But when I first started going to the gym. I remember how intimidating it was. I, like I said in my story, for months I just did the treadmill and I watched what everybody was doing and there was pretty much just men lifting weights. I can't really remember ever seeing women hardly ever lifting weights and if they did, they weren't pushing themselves at all. So that is something I understand that it can be very intimidating. So there are some ways that you can feel less intimidated, you know, or make this a little easier transition. For one, I would pick a time of the day to go to the gym where it's not busy, where you're going to not, where you're not going to be as overwhelmed by how many people that are there. And, you know, some of the best times to go are really, really early in the morning, morning time, or really late, or maybe lunchtime. That's kind of where I've noticed at gyms is kind of more calm. But feel free to, like, even ask the whoever's at the, you know, service desk, or if there's a personal trainer there, ask them. For one, ask them to give you a tour of the gym. So when you first sign up for the gym, and a lot of big big gyms would do this. I don't see this as much in the smaller gyms, but ask them for a tour. Ask them to show you the machines and how it's set up and to, and to really kind of give you a walkthrough of the gym. And, you know, for me, as a personal trainer, um, I'm not on the clock. I'm like a... I kind of like do my own thing. I'm a contracted, I don't know how you say it, like person that works at the gym. But if somebody was to come into the gym and ask me to show them something or to walk them through the gym, even though I'm not getting paid for that time as a personal trainer, I would love to do that. Like I have no problem doing that for somebody because I know how that feels. And I'm pretty sure whatever gym you're going to, there's somebody there that would do that for you as well. You just gotta ask, right? We all had to start somewhere. We all start as a beginner. That's why I shared my story to show you where I started. If I could do it, you could do it, like no doubt, right? And so that is something that would help you to gain that confidence. Another thing that would help you to gain the confidence in the gym is having an actual plan, actually knowing what you're going to do when you go into the gym. So me, this is one thing I did do when I first started lifting weights is I, before I went to the gym, I didn't really, I didn't know how to structure a workout plan back then. I didn't know what I was doing. But the one thing I would do is I would kind of think about what am I going to do at the gym? What exercises am I going to do? And then I would YouTube it or I would go to bodybuilding.com, which now there's so much more resources. back. But back then, YouTube and bodybuilding.com were like the best resource places to see instructional videos on exercises. So I would sit there and I would watch them. I would even watch them at the gym. Sometimes I would pull them back and be like, wait, how do I do this again? And that is how I really learned. Um, A lot of it in the beginning was just doing that. And it was through 
just really, like I said, trial and error. And and looking back now, this is another reason why I would have hired a personal trainer. And I really honed this concept in to um, the ladies that I do train or the people I do have a guy I train to um, that you can go and you can look at the pictures on the machine, right? You can go, you can watch a video and you can do what seems like you're doing exactly the same form as that person. But if you don't know where you're supposed to be feeling it, how it's supposed to feel, even though you look like you're doing it correctly, you're not activating the correct muscles. So I had this um, happen yesterday. I'm training this this uh, mom at the gym. She's never lifted weights in her life, right? And yesterday we're doing a training session and we were doing, what were we doing? That Oh yeah, we were doing flies, chest flies was one thing. And back is another issue that I really see this happen a lot with. And I'm making her do this exercise and I showed her how to do it. And she looks like she's doing it, but she's not feeling it where she should be feeling. She's feeling it more in her arms. She's not really activating her chest muscles as much as she should be. So I told her one little tweak on even just how to grip the machine, you know, where her hands placement was. And that changed how it felt. And she actually felt it where she should if I was just walking by in the gym, even me as a personal trainer, seeing how she was doing it, I would have been like, oh, she's doing it just fine. She's doing it right. But this is why it's so helpful when you have a personal trainer that is experienced and knows what they're doing, then they can guide you and cue you and tell you things to do to make you feel where you're supposed to be feeling that because you can look like you're, you can do the perfect form, right? But if you're not engaging and not activating in the right way, then you're not getting the most out of that exercise. So that's another reason why a personal trainer could be so helpful. And that's one thing that that has taken me years of learning. Like I can walk somebody through an exercise now and say they're not feeling it right, I can be like, just tweak this one little thing. Put your elbow a little bit higher. Put it lower. You know, put make sure you're pressing force through the palm of your hand or or the heel of your foot or something, right? There's all these different things and it changes how they feel. It's like, okay, now I feel it. Now I feel it where I'm supposed to feel it. But that just comes with experience and that comes with time. So that's another good thing about hiring a personal trainer. And that also brings me to something that I wish I knew back then is, that whole muscle mind activation and really doing exercises in prop not only just proper form but full range of motion and and really making sure that I'm acting that activating that muscle in the way that it should be so I'm actually getting the most out of that exercise and this is something that I had to also learn over time too because you know, when I first started really getting into lifting heavier weights, and that was three years ago, I was just so excited about getting stronger and lifting heavier weights that there was times I would push myself more than I should have in lifting a weight, and then I would compromise form. I wasn't doing it in the full range of motion, and so technically, I really wasn't getting the most out of that exercise as if I was to have lowered the weight really knew how to do the full range of motion, I would have gotten way more out of that. So that's just a little side note uh, as well. So if I, now that we have the confidence piece, we kind of talked about that a little bit, like I said, 
you know, really kind of going at times where there's not that many people, having a plan as you're going in, you know, even if you don't have a plan per se, like that's something you could hire somebody to do. I do that too, just throwing that out there. Even if it's online, I do online uh, coaching and I put workout plans together too, because that can help you to feel more confident in the gym. This is, like I said, nowadays, there's just so much information online. You can probably find like a getting started plan anywhere you know, um, an exercise plan anywhere, not saying that the quality of it's great, but when you're just first getting started, it's something, it's something to get you started and having that plan and knowing what you're doing is going to help your confidence when you go in there. All right, hold up. I am actually re-recording this little snippet to add back in after I was about to press publish on this episode, because what I wanted to add when it comes to creating a plan at the gym is how to kind of get started with that and some of the one of the things that I did wrong is once again going back to doing too much too fast is I would have eased into it a little more and not only that but I would have um you know really set myself up in my workout plan to do that so for example if you're just getting started in the gym one to three times a week is great. And then you work up to four to five times a week. So what does that look like? So with my clients that are just starting out, that are seeing me, you know, two times a week and all they're doing is just seeing me in the gym, then I will start them off with full body workouts. Okay, so we'll do something easy. We'll stick with that 12 reps. We're gonna hit every body part every time I come in. So if you're somebody that wants to start off three times a week, then you can do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and just focus on doing a full body strength training session. Now, the next progression after that, if you are now wanting to dedicate and be more consistent to going to the gym and you wanna work towards four times, five times in the gym, then the next thing would be upper body and lower body split, meaning one day you're going to focus on upper body parts and then the next day is going to be lower body and then the next day upper body and the next day lower body. And this is really great too because if you're still trying to set up that routine around consistently going to the gym and you skip a day, your whole week is not messed up. You just start where you left off. Was the last time a upper body or a lower body day? Well, then you do the opposite, right? The next time. And that makes it really easy to not feel like you screwed up the whole week versus some of these more advanced ways of training where you're specifically hitting only certain body parts a day. Well, if you miss one day out of that week, it kind of screws up you know, how much, it's kind of screws up your workout plan because now you just missed a crucial day that you're not going to be able to pick up somewhere else. All right. Does that make sense? And then as you progress, there's different ways. There's more advanced uh, ways of programming, but really starting out, just focus on those full body days. If you're doing three times or less a week, And then if you're doing four to five times a week, then do the upper body, lower body split. And that is a great way to really get started. All right, so now we got that out of the way. The next thing I would have done is I would have focused on strength training versus cardio. As I said, I would get on the treadmill and I wouldn't let myself off until I have 45 minutes or 500 calories. And I really just focused on how many calories I burned. And I thought that was going to get me fit. I thought that that was going to make me look toned. All right, given at the time, guys, I weighed 
what do I weigh, 120 now? I weighed 105 back then when I first started at the gym and I still thought I had to lose weight. Like if that, I, that's another thing. My, the way that I viewed my body was so off. Like I had body image issues and body dysmorphia and, and I was more focused on like just getting skinnier because I was flabby. I was skinny, but I was flabby in all the wrong places because I was skinny fat. I didn't have muscle. I just was skinny and had fat on me. And, and so, you know, I didn't understand how to get that fit look and really how to get that fit look is by gaining muscle and having that lower body fat percentage. So that way those muscle pop, that muscle pops and you have curves all in the right places. You can lose all the weight you want, but if you don't have that muscle underneath, you're not going to look toned. It's just not going to happen. So I didn't understand that concept, right? And that's a, that's one that's a, that's the next thing I would have changed is I would have changed to just doing strength training. I didn't need to do cardio. I needed strength training. I needed to build muscle. I needed to build up my metabolism, especially after years of under eating and years of stress and just you know, just take all that stuff had taken a toll on my body and the cardio was just adding more fuel to the fire at the time. I really needed the strength training. So if you are somebody that is wanting to focus on strength training, now I'm going to talk about some of those things that I would have done differently because like once again, this is layered of years of trial and error. So even when I did start lifting weights, I wasn't doing it how I should have been doing it and focusing on the things. So one of the things that I do see women do um, when it comes to strength training and when they first start strength training is they turn strength training into circuit training. So what does that mean? And I see this all the time in the gym is women doing cardio strength training. So that will look like lighter weights, doing a lot of reps and a little rest. So it might look like there's different variations of this that I've seen and that you, you know, that is considered circuit. But one, some examples are picking certain exercises, doing them for, you can even time in it, doing 45 seconds each and maybe doing a little bit of rest or not even doing a rest and just going from one exercise to the next after the next, after the next. And you're doing these lighter weights and you're doing tons of reps. You know, you're doing 20, 25, 30 plus reps. You might not even be counting your reps because you might be timing them because I'll see that a lot with with circuit training you're just timing how long you're doing that exercise so okay I'm going to do this minute this exercise for a minute long and then I'm going to do this exercise for a minute long and I'm going to do this exercise for a minute long all right that is not true strength training that is turning cardio into strength or turning strength training into a cardio workout and that is not what you need to be focusing on but it's very hard as women we are just uh, we just love cardio right we love like go 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 that high intensity and when you first start strength training it feels like you know, it, it feels like you're not doing much, especially when you first start. Now, m- as you get and you progress and you get better and you understand the lifts and you can really push yourself in weight, oh man, a leg day, I can totally get feel like cardio. You know, my heart rate's getting just as high as if I was doing a high intensity interval training when I'm doing those big lifts, right? But you know, in the beginning, when you're still learning all these exercises, it can feel like you're not really getting much out of your workout. But I promise you, you you are. And if you're not too sure about that, you know, episode 13 I did was three reasons why weightlifting is better for fat loss than cardio. You need to go and you need to listen to that if you're struggling with what I'm what I'm telling you right now that you need to sh- go 
you need to focus on strength training versus cardio and you need to stop doing car you need to stop doing strength training in a way that is like cardio so how do we need to view strength training so what we need to do and this is where i start all my clients, this is a great way to start, but 12 rep ranges. So we will do exercises for three sets of 12 reps. 12 reps is the the end of, you know, muscle building rep range, all right? So 12 rep ranges is at the far end of it, and that's where I start women off at that end too because you're still learning the exercises. You're not ready to do five rep ranges yet. You know, you're not ready to do that because it the lower the reps, the higher you need to do, you need to go on your weight, right? Or the higher you could go on weight. So 12 rep ranges are great. Now this is another thing. Women don't understand how it feels to properly pick out a weight that's challenging for them. So when you're doing 12 reps, for example, about halfway through, so around six reps, you're gonna feel like, okay, I'm starting to feel this. Like this is starting to get a little heavy. This is starting to get challenging. And then your last two to three reps should be really challenging, but not to the point where you break form. You can still do full range of motion. You still have your form, but it's challenging. Like you're having to give it your all to get through that. And in the beginning, you might not be challenged that much. You know, a lot of the times with my clients, like the late, the the mom that I'm training right now, um, I'm still ch- getting to know her. I'm still teaching her the lifts. So I'm not pushing her as hard yet. And that's another thing that I would have done differently is I would have given myself that grace to have that journey because doing too much too fast is not helping you at all all and your body can only progress so much you can only gain so much muscle in a month as a woman that's like half a pound you're doing really good um and also when it comes to fat loss to do it in a healthy way only so much is is healthy at a time right so we don't want to do more than what it takes to just to reach your best potential we want to do the the least amount of Uh, that it takes to reach that full potential. Does that make sense, right? And anything over that is not helping you any. It actually could be hindering your progress. If you're doing things too hard, too fast, then you could actually be going backwards in your progress. And that's another thing is soreness and this is what I thought you know chasing after the soreness I was that was that was me in the beginning soreness is not an indication of any progress just because you're super sore the next day does not mean you had a better workout if anything if you're super sore and you can't walk and you can't function you overdid it you did more harm than good your workout is only as good as your recovery so that soreness thing we need to stop doing that like and it's still a thing because you know, I have clients that say this and um, I try to remind them. And that's even me too. Like you're just, we're just programmed. Like if we are not sore, we didn't have a good workout. And that's completely false. That That is. And a lot of the times, the only reason we're sore is most of the time it's like just because you tried a new exercise, you tried a new workout, something different, or you overdid it and that's why you're sore. But that does not mean necessarily that you had a good workout. If you are not sore, that doesn't mean you had a bad workout. You still put in the work. And, you know, really that sweet spot is being a little bit sore you know, not being sore where you can't function. And that's really kind of what you want to aim for, either that or not being sore at all, right? And so just like I said, giving 
myself that grace would have been nice, you know, in the beginning, if I would have done that instead of just like tried to push myself too hard too fast, when really you should just be focusing on doing just the right amount to get the most potential progress. And remember, like I said, you can only make so much progress in a month and we should honor that. And we should just you know, steady wins the race and really seeing this, that this is, we're in this for the long haul and we're not, this is not a short term thing. We're really trying to do a lifestyle change. All right. The next thing when it comes to lifting weights is I would have focused on compound lifts. So what are compound lifts? This is your squat. This is your bench press. This is your overhead press and your deadlift. What is a compound lift? These lifts are recruiting all tons of muscle groups, right? If not all of your muscle to do, all your muscle to do it. These are really giving you the best bang for your buck as far as time uh, as time goes in the gym and where your efforts go. You always want to have these in your workouts. And not only that is put them in the beginning of your workout so you can really focus on maximizing your energy and your strength towards improving on these exercises. Now, I do understand that a lot of you starting out, you starting out, you might not be able to squat the bent, I mean, it's to squat the bar, right? The bar, depending on what bar you're using, but most bars in gyms are 45 pounds. Not all women can start off doing that. I have clients that are now squatting on the bent, or uh, yeah, they're squatting in the squat rack with weight on the bar, but they started out where they couldn't do the bar. So there's, so you, but you always want to keep that as you're progressing towards it. And I may, I tell my clients that when I start with them, I'm like, okay, we're not able to, at this time, you're not, you're not strong enough to bench, you know, 45 pound bar. A lot of women aren't. A lot of women aren't strong enough to squat that 45 pound bar. They're not strong enough to overpress that 45 pound bar or even to deadlift the 45 pound bar. But that is always in hindsight, that is, that's what we are trying to strive for and we will eventually get that and if a client sticks with me long enough we always get to that but it's a progression thing and that is that could be a total other podcast in itself if that's something you want to learn about you want to know more about message me let me know that because that would be good to to know if this is something that I need to go venture into that because there really is a process. You know, I'm going to just kind of give you an example. It really just depends on fitness level. I have women that have come to me and they can't even body weight squat correctly. They have muscle imbalances. Their knees are not wobbly. They're not strong enough to even do a body squat. They stick with me long enough. I'll have them under that squatting rack. I'll have them being able to squat that 45 pound bar, but it takes a progression. And so when I meet with people, when I start my training sessions, I assess where is this person at on a fitness level and I meet them there and I progress them that from there. And that's going to look different. So for somebody that can barely even do their body squat, like their squat their own body weight correctly, we'll work on that. We'll work on that till they get it. We'll use bands. You know, once they get that, let's progress to dumbbells. All right, so let's start doing dumbbell squats. You progress from that. Let's start doing a Smith machine squat because that bar is 25 pounds. So I can start somebody on there before I can do on a squat rack, right? So then we start, we do, do when we practice there and we get that right. And then whenever they are 
squatting enough weight on the squat rack that's like 50 i mean on the smith machine because that's a guided machine if you're not familiar with what that is guided squat machine then when they're able to do like 50 pounds then we start doing the bar so you see this is like this transition thing and it takes time but the end goal is always those compound lifts because you are going to get more bang for your buck say for example you could do a leg press machine and you can compare that to a, doing a squat in a squat rack with a squat bar, right? With a 45-pound bar. They are working the same muscles per se, yes, in your legs. But you're getting way more when you do the compound lift. When you're doing that, that uh, when you're squatting that bar, doing those what they're called free weights, right? Barbell, dumbbell, those are called free weights. Anything besides machine, those are called free weights. And you get more out of that because you're having to use your core. You're having to stabilize yourself. You're not sitting in a machine that's doing all the stability work for you and you're just focusing on pushing your legs. You're, there's a lot, going, a lot more going on in those compound lifts versus if you you are doing a machine, which leads me to my next thing is doing is using free weights more than you're using the machines. Once again, I have a lot of clients that if they've never lifted weights, I start them in the machines and that's fine. You can start in the machines. You got to start somewhere, right? You can start there, but definitely you should progress out of that to the point where you really want to be focusing on those free weights with your, which are your dumbbells, your barbell, your kettlebells, things that, you know, you have to stabilize yourself through that motion is really where you want to be because you're going to get more out of that workout. The next thing I would do is I would progress I would focus on progressively getting stronger over time. This is kind of the same concept that I just walked you through of like what exercises you would do and but you're always focusing on compound lifts, like striving for that. You always want to be striving for getting stronger. All right, you don't want to be doing the same weight for months at a time. Yes, in the beginning, that is going to be enough stimulus for muscle growth and for change, but your body is going to adapt to that. That's why it gets easier. That's why I explained to you earlier how it feels to push yourself, right, in those rep ranges, right? When I explained when 12 reps, how that's supposed to feel and how to challenge yourself. You need to challenge, you consistently keep challenging yourself to stimulate or tell your, give your muscle the right stimulus to grow muscle. And that's what, that's how you do that is through what is called progressive overload. That means progressively lifting more weight over time. And that's really the key Now, there's three ways that you build muscle, but that holds the most bulk of how you build muscle is progressive overload, is lifting more over time. That's something I would have done and focused on. Now, one thing I would have done differently and I still kind of struggle on is writing this down, writing down your workouts, you know, so you can see, oh, wow, last month I was doing this much, but I'm still doing that. I need to push myself to see if I'm capable of pushing more now. And this is really great. I keep a notebook for my clients and whenever we're working out and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can lift that. I'm I'll like, I'll flip back and I'll be like, well, a month ago you did it. Or two weeks ago you did it. Or you know what? No, you can push harder because you've been on that same weight for that exercise for a couple of months now. And you need, you need to, you know, let's try and challenge ourselves a little bit. So that's really where that comes in with keeping track of your progress. Because, you know, especially as moms, I know I'll forget. 
you know, so like I said, that's something I personally need to work on a little bit better with myself. But, you know, that's something in the beginning I definitely would recommend doing. The next thing is I would have listened to my body more. I would have listened to more about, like I said, that cueing of learning when to push myself, but also when to step it back. You know, on the day, and I'm going to give you a short little story of a good example of this and to show you that this is something that I still work through. But last year during, I think it was like January, I got sick. I got like a sinus infection and I'm hard headed, guys. Got to realize that the gym lifting weights is how I manage my, is one of the biggest ways that I manage my depression, depressional tendencies and my anxiety and things like that. So I was like, I get stubborn about like, no, I'm going to work out, right? For one, during that time, I went and worked out and I pinned myself under the bench because I thought I could lift as much weight as I normally do. Um, That didn't work out too well, but that's not the big part of the story. What I want to tell you is I kept working out and never let my body rest. So that sinus infection turned into an ear infection and then that ear infection turned into me rupturing my eardrum and I'm talking like worst pain of my life. This was worse than labor pains. I was, man, I hurt so bad. I was just, I felt like I was going to go insane. And I was screaming and crying in the ER. I'm pretty sure I freaked people out. But it was the worst pain I've ever been in. And, um, you know, got all that situated. But really, if I would have just taken care of myself in the beginning when I got that sinus infection, it probably would have never progressed into that ear infection to the point where I was forced not to to work out for a little bit because I was really recovering from something now. So listen or then, you know, so listen to your body. And if it's okay to skip, right? There's some times um, where I'll skip the gym in the middle of the week because I'm just like flat out too tired to go or some, I'm not feeling good. And I'm so happy I do that because then when I do return to the gym, you know, like the next day, I feel way better and I'm able to put in more of a workout. Being, putting in a really good workout is way better than putting in a bunch of shitty workouts, Right. So really keep that in focus. And then also just to take care of yourself. Always ask yourself, am I doing this out of self-love? What do I need right now in this time? And and do that in a loving way. So that's something else I would have done. I also would have focused on action goals versus result goals. So what do I mean by that? Action goals are goals of doing something. So goals, for example, of I'm going to work out four times this week. I am going to... I'm trying to think, I'm going to drink a gallon of water every day. Like something that is actionable that at the end of the week, you can measure that to see like how well you did versus result goals. Result, result goals are things like, I want to lose three pounds this week. All right. The thing is, you can do all the right things sometimes and still not see results that you want, especially if we're doing scale results, man, that's a whole nother podcast I need to do on itself about using, uh, about forms of progress. I've done one, but I need to do an updated one um, when it comes to using a scale. But the whole point is when we're focusing on those result goals, we get so caught up in the, our worth being if we, if we reach that result goal versus an action goal, you have a lot more control over that because you know, the thing and and the thing is about doing it in that way, too, is it's more motivating to keep you going. How much more? Let's think about this. It's way more motivating to say, hey, I'm going to go to the gym four times this week and actually do that versus 
Say I'm going to lose three pounds this week, even though you go to the gym four times, you still don't lose those three pounds and you feel like you're a failure, right? So let's focus on doing the actions that we really have control about. And also what that does, not only does that give you more motivation, because at the end of the week, you can be like, hell yeah, I feel like a badass. I set these couple of goals. Yeah, I didn't do everything right, but I said I was going to do this and I showed up for myself and I did that. That creates motivation. But not only that, but it helps you to start programming to really view this process differently and not be so focused on the end result, not be so focused on the non-scale, I mean, on the scale victories is what we call it, right? Like how you look in the mirror, those kinds of things, which leads me to the last thing I wanted to mention is I would have focused more on non-scale victories. I wouldn't have been such a slave to the scale because in the beginning I was, and then that would make me compulsive, right? So say if I, and I didn't understand water weight and things like that back then. And when it comes to like your hormone changes and shifts throughout your cycle. So if I saw a couple of pounds of water weight, then I would like freak out and then I would punish myself more the next time I was in gym I was like okay then I have to run an extra mile whatever the case may be and that's how I you know I man I I did that and that was in such a non-loving way right but if we focus on non-scale victories these are things like I showed up for myself I did what I said I was gonna do I feel good I have more energy I'm less moody I um, play with my kids more because I have more energy the other ways that it affects your life that has nothing to do with the the way you look or the number on the scale those are the things that are gonna keep you going because this is another thing I'm gonna give you a little oh gosh, like a little tidbit or something on how to keep yourself, to keep going to the gym, to keep motivating yourself besides what I just taught you is focusing on how you feel afterwards. This is such a big deal. This was something that helped me so much. And I I shared this with clients that I work with and they have said the same thing when they really focus on this is how do you feel after you work out and focusing on that feeling, right? If after a workout, I'm gonna tell you how I feel. I feel like I have more energy. I feel more calm. I feel um, less stressed. I am able to concentrate more. I'm not moody. Like I make better food decision. It makes my whole freaking day better. And when I focus on how it makes me feel, man, it makes it so much easier to go to the gym. It makes it so much easier to go to the gym when I when I can see think in my head, okay, if I don't go to the gym, <laughs> this is how I'm gonna feel for the rest of the day. Versus if I go to the gym, this is how I am going to feel versus that's a totally more motivational way of looking at it versus, well, if I don't go to the gym, I'm not going to reach my three pounds this week that I want to lose. Or if I don't go to the gym, then I'm just lazy or, um, you know, I'm always going to be fat or whatever. That's such a negative way to see it. Instead, focus on the positive things. Focus on what it's positively going to do for you as terms as making your life better. If you want to make this a lifestyle, you have to make this part of your life and you got to see how is it affecting your life in such a positive way and that's going to keep you going back to the gym and doing this and you know the thing is you don't have to have the perfect workout plan you don't have to um, know everything to do in the beginning you know what I taught told you today I hope if anything I hope it did not hinder you from going I hope it didn't overwhelm you I hope 
that you take it with a grain of salt and you take this process one day at a time. Yes, I made a lot of errors. Like what I shared with you today is is just a snippet. Those are the big things that I would have done differently, but I made so many other mistakes. But that's okay. And and that's part of the process of learning is we're not going to get it perfect. We're not going to do things perfect. And I, what I've noticed is a lot of women that listen to me are like me. They have a perfectionist all or nothing mindset. And we can hinder ourselves by trying to do everything perfect in a couple of ways. We can hinder ourselves because we won't get started until we can do it perfectly. That's one thing that I struggle with. I don't like to do things unless I know exactly how to do it right because I don't want to screw it up. But when it comes to doing things, to getting something done, actually moving forward, you cannot be scared of messing up. You can't be scared. Setbacks are going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. That's totally normal. But the strength really comes from you overcoming those things. The confidence really comes from you overcoming those things and you keep going and you keep progressing in your own way and giving yourself grace throughout that that process is going to look so different your process is going to look so much different than my progress and my process and just know that just showing up that's the majority of it especially in the beginning you don't have to get everything right to see progress that's the beautiful thing about somebody starting out on this journey versus me I've been doing this for you know like I said I've been lifting for three years now heavy I've been doing everything right for three years and my progress has been slow, but I'm at the point now where I really have to dial things in and I have to do things right. But when I first started, I got progress doing all kinds of things wrong because it's just such a new stimulus to your body that any type of stimulus is going to cause change. But over time, you do have to hone that in and you have to get better and you have to be knowing more intentional knowing what you're doing. But just know in the beginning, just doing something, just getting out there, you're gonna see progress and you're just gonna have to be a learning journey. And I hope today you learned a couple of things that you can do a little differently um, to really start seeing you in the right direction. And you know what? If anything, what I really hope is if you're somebody that has never been in a gym and there's a gym near you that this has inspired you to get your butt off and finally go and join the gym. And I'm going to tell you moms that have kids, the gym has been the best thing for my kids and me. It really has. And nowadays, there's so many gyms that have daycares. It should be, and they're really cheap. I think most gyms that I've been to, it's $10 a month per kid for daycare. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like that's super cheap, right? And it has helped my kids learn how to be social with other kids. They love going to the gym. It's a break throughout the day if you're a stay-at-home mom and get y'all out of the house It helps me so much too. Not only like sometimes moms, we do. We need a break from our kids. I don't have family near me. I don't have the option of like dropping my kid off somewhere. My kids are with me all the time unless I go to the gym or unless I visit my parents that are four or five hours (laughs) that are four hours away and they might watch them for um, a little bit here and there. But it's not like I'm with my kids all the time. So it gives me that break. It helps me to refocus and to like, just it gives me a break guys (laughs) like I don't know how much how better to say like you will not um I know it's hard as as like moms too like when you first leave your kids I promise it's good for them it's good for you 
<laughs> and anyways, I hope you um, really think about that. Yes, you can work out at home. You can get fit at home. Um, yeah, that that's possible. But I'm I just such a big believer in going to a gym because of those those things. Because for one, you're not gonna get distracted too. It's so hard to work out at home with kids. Um, but it also sets you up to have a setting that is really can be inspiring. For me, I love going to the gym too because the people around me inspire me. Um, there's there's pe- the people that inspire me the most actually are people that are just getting started that I can tell like I can tell they're kind of not sure what they're doing and they're kind of like not doing what I would be like what I would recommend them doing but they're there they're showing up and they're trying new things and then I see them coming every day and I'm like that's freaking inspiring like those people inspire inspire me a lot and the other people that inspire me a lot are people that are older that are really fit that keep going to the gym because that's how I want to be when I'm older so it's just really sets you up and then also it's a great way to meet other mom friends if it wasn't for the gym here when I moved here I've been here for almost two years now I would not have met anybody I've met so many great friends at the gym not and this not just because I work there but just because the community there is just so amazing um so yeah so I hope I made a good case for why you need to join the gym or at least give it a try most places you can get a month and just try it out So I'm going to leave you with that and let me know what you thought about this episode. If you're really enjoying my podcast, please leave a review. Please give me five stars. Please uh, leave me a review just because that's going to help to get this podcast to more women. It's going to show up more on the the search in um, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening to this. So like I said, leave me a review if you're enjoying it and let me know what you do enjoy about the podcast so I can do more of that. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to leave you with that. And for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you on next week's episode. Bye for now.